My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in the upper room in Jerusalem where Jesus served communion to his apostles. This really is that location. Now, it's been renovated many times, 14th century, 11th century, but all the way back to the 4th century, there were records that this was the place where Jesus served communion to the apostles. That night when Jesus served communion, something very unfortunate took place. Judas Iscariot was there. And when Jesus was breaking bread and was entering into covenant with his disciples, Judas took that bread and ate of it. He took of that cup and drank of it, even though he had already betrayed Jesus. He knew he was a betrayer. He knew he was a covenant breaker. And yet he took of it and he ate and he drank regardless. He ended up committing suicide. Hmm, that's interesting. Because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that before we eat of that bread and drink of that cup, we need to judge ourselves to make sure we're not guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. What does that mean? Must be very important because 1 Corinthians chapter 11 talks about it. How do we judge ourselves before we partake of communion? What does it mean to be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord? These are very important questions, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and as I told you in the introduction, today we're going to keep talking about the subject of communion. This entire series is called Insights on Communion. So far, we've seen what are the components of a covenant and what do all of those components mean for you and me in terms of communion. We've seen a gospel by gospel comparison of communion, how all the gospel writers recorded the event of communion and what we could find there. And today we're going to see what does it mean to be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus. It's really going to be important. The series which we're offering you is called Insights on Communion. It's five parts. It comes in multiple formats with a tremendous study guide. I really want to encourage you to order this series. We're also offering you Denise's book, which is called Redeemed from Shame. This book is just amazing, and really it is Denise's testimony. God did a work in Denise's life. She's with us. Denise, is it true? It's very true. I couldn't be on this program if he had not redeemed me from shame. Well, God has redeemed Denise and you and me and all of us from shame. It was a part of the work of the cross. We were redeemed from shame. If you've dealt with any issues of shame, you don't have to. You've been redeemed from that. And this book will help you experience your freedom from Shame. Amen. But today we're going to talk about communion and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. When I was a boy, I was a little terrified of communion. We had a table at the front of our church, right in front of the pulpit, and it was carved in the table, this do in remembrance of me. Did you guys have a table like that? Exactly. It said the same thing? The same. Carved right in the wood. The table was made of oak in very beautiful script. It said, this do in remembrance of me. And that was kind of the holy table. And once a quarter when we had communion, they would put all the communion elements, all the trays on that table, and then they would cover it with a white sheet. 
And of course, then the pastor would come to the pulpit and he would talk about the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And I can remember as a little bitty boy looking at that table with a white sheet covering something long, wondering, is his body under there? Well, in a certain sense it was because those elements represent the broken body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. But I really never had teaching about communion. I took it with reverence. Denise, I know that you did too. I did, Rick. I took it very seriously. But I didn't know why we were taking it because I didn't know what the bread meant. I didn't know what the cup meant. I didn't know why Jesus said we were to do it. Why would Jesus give us a ritual? I remember thinking, why would he give us a ritual? What does this really mean? Well, today we're going to answer that question and we're going to see what it means to partake of communion unworthily. You don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. It doesn't mean to have a silly attitude. It doesn't even mean to spill the grape juice. I even wondered about that when I was a child. If I spill the grape juice on my jeans, does that mean that I'm partaking of communion unworthily? I had no idea what that meant unworthily. And we need to know because the Bible says it's very serious. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You got your Bible? Got my Bible right All here. All right, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, where the Apostle Paul begins to teach about communion. And he says, For I have received of the Lord Jesus. Isn't that amazing, Denise? He didn't get this from apostles. He received it from the Lord. Paul was taught by divine revelation. And listen to what he received. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night. In Greek, it says the very same night. This is amazing because it was the night that he was betrayed, the very same night in which he was betrayed. The word betrayed, the Greek word paradidomi, the night that he was handed over, the night that he was betrayed by Judas Iscariot, he took bread, he entered into covenant with his disciples on that very night. They sat around the table, he gave them the bread, he gave them the cup. They were first century believers. They understood exactly what he was doing. They knew this was not a religious ritual. Jesus was cutting a covenant with them. And when they took that bread and when they took that cup, they knew exactly what they were doing. But one of them should have not taken it because he'd already made a covenant with somebody else. He did not have covenant in his heart with Jesus. He really had no right to the bread and no right to the cup. But wait, let's continue. Look at verse 24. And when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread he said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Those are exactly the words that would have been spoken when someone was making a covenant. This is my body. As you partake of this, you're partaking of me and all that I have and all that I am. And Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. Those words, this do, are very, very important. And isn't it interesting that Paul received this directly from the Lord, but if you read this in Greek, and compare it to the words used in the Gospels, it is identical. Paul got this identically correct to what the apostolic writers had written in the Gospels. He says, this do, in Greek it means do this very thing, emphatically do this. The word do is a Greek word poieo, which carries the idea of creativity. It's kind of like saying, find a way to do this. I want you to do this. And he says, do it in remembrance of me. The word remembrance is the Greek word. It's a compound of two words. The first word means to do something over and over and over. 
The second word means to recollect something or to remember something. When you put these two words together, it means do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. And so we are commanded to partake of communion, just like we're going to do in the program tomorrow and just like you do in your church very often. But even more, Jesus wasn't really giving us a ritual as much as he was giving us a lifestyle. He was saying this too. This is what I want you to do. What I'm doing for you right now, I want you to remember it. And this do. Emphatically do this. Find a way to do this. Do what? Enter into covenant with one another. Remember that Jesus said the world would know us by our love. We're to have the highest level love among us. We're to have real, solid, godly relationships. We're to be people of commitment. And Jesus is now saying, what I'm doing for you, I'm giving you everything I have. Everything I have is at your disposal. I will back it up with my blood. I will give my life to empower this promise. I'm giving everything for you. Now, this do, emphatically do this. I want you to do this for one another in the same way that I'm doing this for you. Then we come to verse 25. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Let's stop just for a moment. Those words, the new covenant. In Greek, there's a definite article, which means this is not just any covenant. This is the, the new covenant. The word new is the Greek word kindos, which depicts something that is absolutely brand new, never before known. The word covenant is a Greek word diatheke, which depicts a covenant made between two or more people, but as a complete phrase, this depicts the brand new, never before known covenant. Jesus was making a covenant that was brand spanking new, never before known. This is the new covenant, and Jesus says, in my blood. These are covenant words. And then Jesus adds, this do, the Greek word again, means this very thing do, emphatically do, find a way to do this, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Now, this is interesting. Jesus says, as off as you drink it. He didn't say that when he was referring to the bread. He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. But when he came to the cup, he says, as off as you drink it. The word off is a Greek word, which implies you're going to have to drink it again and again and again and again and again. Let me explain it like this. Making the commitment to give yourself to someone else. To say everything I have is at your disposal all of my possessions, all of my strength, my mind, my resources. I'm here for you. Here it is. It's all for you. You can do that in a one-time commitment. But to keep that commitment, to keep that commitment, you probably will be tested. To empower that kind of a commitment, you probably are going to have to die to a few things in your own life. And in fact, you may have to die to self over and over and over and over in order to really keep that kind of commitment. I say it's like a marriage. When you marry somebody, you stand in the altar and you make a covenant. That's what it is. The easiest thing you'll ever do is say, I do. But you only say, I do once. You just say it once. But in order for you to maintain that commitment and stay in that commitment, you have to drink of the cup of sacrifice many, many times for your spouse, 
for the unity of your marriage, to stay in peace with one another. And Jesus said, eat of this bread, take it. This is the one-time commitment. But for you to stay in covenant, you're going to have to drink of this cup many, many times. Isn't that amazing, Denise? It is amazing. You know, a lot of people in church make commitments to one another. They make church covenants, and then they bail out and they leave. The only way you can stay in peace, stay in fellowship, and stay in covenant is if you drink of that cup and drink of that cup and drink of that cup and drink of that cup. That cup is required for you to stay in commitment and to stay in covenant with your spouse or with anybody else, even to stay in relationship with God the way that you want to be in fellowship with him. And Jesus said, as off as you drink it in remembrance of me. What does that mean? Remember what I did for you. I didn't just hand you the bread and make a commitment. I literally went to the cross. I paid the ultimate price to empower this covenant, to empower my promise, to empower the covenant that I have made with you. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus said, do this like I did it. Do it in remembrance of me. Remember what I have done? This do, this do. Wow. Then in chapter 11, verse 26, Paul says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. The word off means many, many times, which means we are to observe the ritual of communion. And every single time we set a communion and we partake of the bread, we are reminded of our covenant with God. We're reminded of our covenant promise with other Christians. Every time we drink of that cup, we partake of the life of the Lord. We understand that we're to give our life for the church. We're to give our life for others, just like he gave his life for us. We're to do it in remembrance of what he did for us. But then when you come to verse 27, Paul says these words. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord unworthily. Now that is the word that made me tremble, especially when I was a child. And it's a very serious word. It should get our attention. This word unworthily is the Greek word anexios, which means unworthily. It means to be unfit. It means there are some people who are unfit to partake of communion, not equal to the task. Some people should not approach this table, not matching the value of the act, honor, position, task, or position, or really it's people who are saying one thing, but with their life, they're demonstrating something else. They're not in covenant. They're just pretending to be in covenant. And the example is Judas Iscariot. That's exactly what he's talking about. Judas Iscariot is the one who sat at the table. Mm -hmm. He partook of the bread. He drank of the cup acted like he was in covenant, acted like everything was right between him and God and everybody else, when in fact he was not right with anybody and he had already sold Jesus to somebody else and made a previous covenant with Jesus' enemies. And now he's sitting at the table. He is unfit. He is unworthy. He's not up to the task. He's not equal. He's not deserving of this great noble thing that's being served to him. And the Bible says if you partake of communion... 
It's how serious it is. Remember, my friend, it's not just elements. We need to understand what it is. It is a covenant. We're saying that we are in covenant with God, that we are in covenant with one another. Jesus said, do this, be people of covenant. If you're not people of covenant, if you're not a person of covenant, then you should not partake of this bread or drink of this cup. Now, I know that we tend to throw open the door and say, everybody come to communion. But the truth is, communion ought to be the service everybody's afraid to come to. You should not come and partake of communion if you are not maintaining your covenant with God and the covenant that God has commanded you to have with others. It's very serious. And if you partake of communion with a wrong heart, with wrong relationships, the Bible says not discerning the Lord's body, it can bring a negative consequence into your life. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, but it's what the Bible says. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And the Bible says, whoever does this will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. The word guilty is really the Greek word which describes somebody that is indicted, someone that is charged, someone who is going to be held responsible for a wrong action. God takes this very serious when we partake of communion. And if you're not a person of covenant and you act like you are, God takes it very serious. And the Bible says in verse 28, as a result... Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. In other words, don't rush, don't get in a hurry. Look at your heart before you pick up that bread, and before you pick up that cup, examine yourself. The word examine, the Greek word dokimadzo, means to test, test yourself. It could be translated examine yourself, scrutinize yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. We're commanded to do it. It means to determine the quality or sincerity of a thing. The object that was scrutinized eventually passes the test, so it can be viewed as genuine and sincere. It was the very word used to describe the testing of coins to determine if they were real or if they were counterfeit. It was used to describe the test that an individual was put through to see if he was fit to run for public office. And now this word examine, the Greek word dokimazo, describes a test to determine whether we're in covenant or out of covenant. Are we living up to the terms of the covenant? Are we really fit to partake of the bread and partake of the cup? And Paul says, don't rush. This is too serious. God is serious about covenant. Before you pick up that bread and before you pick up that cup, you need to dokimadzo. You need to scrutinize yourself, examine yourself to see if you're living up to the terms of covenant. And then he says, eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He doesn't stop them. He says, just look at your heart first. I always tell my own congregation, tell my family, look at your heart before you partake of communion because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Then when you come to verse 29, for he that eateth and drinketh, now the King James Version adds the word unworthily. It's not in the Greek. It just says, for he that eat, eateth and drinketh, eateth and drinketh damnation unto himself, not discerning the Lord's body. The word damnation is the Greek word krima. The word krima is the old Greek word for the verdict of a court. The verdict of a court or is an official sentence, which means there are spiritual laws. There are spiritual laws. If you break the laws, you will reap the repercussions of breaking those laws. And if you partake of the bread and of the cup with a heart that is insincere, you will reap a verdict that you will not appreciate. And the Bible says, he eateth and drinketh damnation or a judgment to himself not discerning 
the Lord's body. The word discerning is a Greek word, which in this case means not valuing. You see, this is not just about you and God. This is about you and God and the church. It's the Lord's body. Communion is about being in covenant with God and being in covenant with others. And when you're out of covenant with the church, you're not discerning the Lord's body. You're not walking in covenant with God's people. You need to be very careful about partaking of communion. And that is why verse 30 says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Do you remember what I said in one of the previous programs? One of the components of a covenant is in the making of covenant there were blessings and there were curses. There were blessings if you maintained your covenant. Blessings would come to you, but if you broke your covenant, negative consequences could result. And now we find this in this text. This is a very covenant-based text. And those who partake of the bread and partake of the cup, acting like they're in covenant with God and with others, but in fact, they're not walking in covenant with anybody. They're not living up to the terms of what covenant means. They have reaped a negative consequence. He says, because of this insincere act, many of you are weak. The word weak is a Greek word, which means a wide range of infirmities. It's an all-encompassing term that embraces all forms of sicknesses, disease, weaknesses, a wide range of illnesses. This very same word can depict being financially destitute. In other words, if you partake of communion with a wrong heart, it can bring bad consequences into your life. In fact, he says many of you are sickly. The word sickly <laughs> is the Greek word which means to be bad in health. Someone's become critically ill. Someone that has a devastating illness. Many, he says, sleep. The word many, the Greek word hikonos, that's amazing to me because it means a considerable number of you sleep. The word sleep describes a sleep, a deep sleep, and it is where we get the word for a coma. Many of you are in a coma. Many of you sleep. It can even be used to describe death. It's a very powerful text which we have here. Then you come to verse 31, and Paul says, For if we would judge ourselves... We would not be judged. This word judge carries the idea of a self-examination, a self-judgment. If we'll deal with ourselves, then we won't be dealt with. If we'll deal with ourselves, then we won't reap bad actions. And so when you come to this text, the Apostle Paul is pretty clear that covenant with God and covenant with the church is serious. Jesus said, this do, you're to be people of covenant, but make sure you're really walking in covenant before you eat of that bread and before you drink of that cup. But once you check your heart out and make sure everything's right and ask for forgiveness, get everything right, then eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Wow, we have covered a lot today and we're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment and we're going to pray for you. Many churches have communion once every quarter of the year. But what is it really all about? In Insights on Communion, Rick Renner delves into what communion meant in the ancient world and why Jesus commanded all Christians practice it. People all over the world and in every Christian denomination often take communion without really understanding what it means. In this five-part series, you'll learn what communion meant in the first century, what the symbolism of the bread and juice means, what the disciples understood when Jesus served them communion, 
what the spiritual and physical benefits of communion are for you today. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. Insights on communion will teach you the significance of communion and how to activate its power in your life every time you take it. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, Redeemed from Shame. If you've dealt with issues of shame, it's time for you to walk free of it forever. In this book by Denise Renner, you'll learn that Jesus took your shame on the cross and you don't need to live with it anymore. If you want to walk free from the prison of shame that you've been in for so long, the answer is waiting for you and redeemed from shame. This powerful book can be yours for just $7. Order today to discover how to have the victory that Jesus wants to give you over your past and over the shadow of shame that has tried to hover over your life. Don't miss this special offer, Insights on Communion and Redeemed from Shame. Call now or go to renner.org. Call or go online now. My friend, we need your help because our ministry is really growing. God has graciously entrusted to us the responsibility to bring teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. And people are tuning in because they feel they have found teaching they can trust. People reaching out to us for spiritual support and requesting our resources, many of which we send for free. We're doing everything we can to really reach out and strengthen people's lives. But the ministry is growing. Our Tulsa office has become insufficient. We've outgrown it. We have no room for storage. People are literally sitting all over the building. And our Moscow studio is so small for what we need because now we are doing five to seven live programs a day in multiple languages. And right now we're already in the process of building a new studio in Moscow. If you would go online, there on our homepage, you'll see a link where you can read about all that we're doing in our ministry in this expansion project and how you can participate. And my friend, you really will be making a difference in somebody else's life. We are so glad you've been with us today. We have looked at a very serious subject. What does it mean to be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord or to partake of communion unworthily? It's a very important subject. And as we've seen today, before you partake of communion, you need to examine yourself to make sure everything is right between you and the Lord and between others with whom you are supposed to be in covenant. Paul tells us very clearly, examine yourself and then eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Well, tomorrow we're going to be sharing communion right here on the program. Me and Denise, with you, all of our friends. But we want you to really search your heart and get ready for communion tomorrow. It's a very powerful event. And tomorrow you're going to find out that when you enter into communion, wow, there's a divine presence of God that comes. There's a supernatural element that you are supposed to experience in communion. And we're believing that you're going to experience that tomorrow. Amen. But hey, if you need prayer, remember that we're here for you. Call us. We're waiting for you to call us right now or send us an email. As soon as we hear from you, we're going to put our faith together with you. What a privilege it would be to pray with you today. And I want to remind you that we're offering you the series called Insights on Communion. It's five parts. This is a series that has the power to change your life. It really does. Comes with a tremendous study guide. We're also offering you Denise's marvelous little book called Redeemed from Shame. It may look little, 
but it is powerful. Sometimes dynamite comes in small packages. This is dynamite. If you deal with any issues of shame, I believe when you read this book, that shame will fall right off of you. Maybe it's not you. Maybe it's someone you know that deals with shame. Get this book for them. They can read it in one setting. But we want to pray for you. Father, we thank you that today Denise and I have been able to sit together and share from the Word of God on the subject of communion. Lord, we want to really be people of commitment. You told us to do it. You said this do. Do it like you did it for us. Help us, Lord, to be in covenant with you and covenant with others to really demonstrate the love of Jesus. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. We'll see you tomorrow.